0: Once, just a Neanderthal living in the Pleistocene era, only to be frozen in prehistoric carbonite, Kronk found himself trapped in time. Then, in the futuristic society of Califoragon in the year 1994, he was discovered and thawed out by two mischievous teenagers hoping to find a positive male role model in their pathetic lives. They promptly had their heads caved in by Kronk's thunderous fists and no one will miss them. Now he wanders the earth, fighting crime as... Kronkiloid!
1: Batman! Batman! What kind of a world do we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press?
2: Mr. J, I don't think Batman is your biggest problem anymore.
1: He never was. My biggest problem has always been ringworm. But what the hell are you on about, Quinzel?
2: There's a new crime fighter in town. I hear he's big and strong and covered in hair. Just thinking about him hurts my bottom. Is that a quote from the Dick Tracy soundtrack? For Christ's
1: sakes, Harley. It's, I like bats. Get your crappy soundtracks right. Now, who is this guy?
2: They say he's a caveman. He goes by Gronkaloid.
1: Bob, come here.
0: Yes, Mr. Joker, sir.
1: Bob, I want you to go down to the globe. Follow that reporter, Knox. Take your camera. See what he knows about this crunkaloid. And Bob. <coughs> remember, you are supposed to replace the toilet paper instead of just setting the new roll on the counter. Yes, sir. Later. The streets of Gotham are mine. Batman's distracted by Warner Brothers' questionable storytelling and character arcs. Robin's just the kid from that third rock show. And the entire police force is passed out from my Smileyx
2: gas. Now tell me, where, oh where, is the caveman? So I moved to Des Moines to get away, you know, try to start fresh. I knew I could never be involved in a war between the drug cartels again. No, thank you. I gotta say, this is the best date I've been on since the incident. Thanks for talking to me on Tinder. Uh,
0: yeah, whatever. Hey, could you move your head? I'm trying to watch bowling.
2: Okie dokie. It's Krogaloid, the caveman from the future. He must be here to stop a crime that's happening.
0: you the crime of this date.
2: Kronk! Kronk! Ah! Kronk's gone berserk. He's punching all the men to death and raping all the women. He's like... like...
0: A caveman! Run for your lives!
2: Oh god, he's torn off my arms! <coughs> he's ripped mine off too!
0: <coughs> now he's beating me with the arms!
1: I don't even know those they are! It's confusing, humiliating,
2: and painful!
1: Join us next week on another exciting adventure of Grockaloid! Welcome to Sticker Madness. It's that podcast that everyone's talking about where the talkers on the talkie show talk about bad movies that have talking in it. It's so much talking!
2: They talk about pop music.
1: No, we don't talk about pop music. We oh. talk about bad movies.
2: Talk about bad movies. Talk about...
1: Okay, fine. Okay. Uh, uh, except for next time you have to do that to the tune of The Bat Dance from... The aforementioned, uh, the cold open, I guess is what we call it. Yeah. Know, I, well, I've always been calling it the intro, but, uh, you know, after all the Saturday Night Live stuff on the news lately, I've realized that it's an actual term. When you open a show in the way we do, it's called a cold open. It doesn't matter if it's Saturday Night Live or fucking Hee Haw or the New Heart Show. That's what it is.
2: Well, I'm feeling kind of classy now.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Justin. The classy ladies, Jackie. And, uh, well, there's Sam, too. I am here. Yeah. (laughs) I got in
0: my car and came down here. Detective Sam today, because you've got a smooth hat. And I
2: stepped in some gum. Yeah. (laughs) He's got a Columbo hat.
1: No, Columbo wore... He didn't have a hat at all. I thought he did. I thought he had, like, what I have for my gardener's hat. Like, I've got to go do old manny things outside I in the yard. Thought he better wore, dress like Colombo.
0: There's like a couple of episodes where he goes to the docks, and I think he wears a fishing hat. Oh, okay. At the docks, but yeah. I don't think he really wears a hat.
1: He always wore that brown trench coat, though. Yeah. Just a few more questions, ma'am. Yeah, that's everybody's favorite. So the Oscars are on Sunday. Who's Oscar? What? Oh, that sucks, Sam. I know.
0: I just wanted to fuck you up again. Redo. (laughs)
1: Redo the show. Let's start from the very beginning. Not just from the start of the show. Let's start from the very beginning of podcasting, because that's
2: how bad that joke sucked. It would have made it in the 1920s, Sam. Don't listen to him. Hey, pull my finger. Why? Is it going to come off? Probably.
1: Jackie and I did a fun... Exhibition where we went to a film festival presented by Regal Theaters and Amazon Studios and saw all nine Academy Award nominees in the span of five days. Oh my God. That That's was hard.
0: A lot of the two day things are tough. Like I can do that once, but you could. You guys did two.
1: What do you mean two day things? Or the two a days? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were actually the easy days. Oh really? It was getting your. It was getting motivated to get your ass back in the car and go to the theater and sit there and wait <laughs> and see the same fucking preview and the same fucking commercials every time, and like. It just, uh, eventually, you just got tired of doing it. The two-a-days weren't bad, honestly, because you can go out. There's a nice break in between the middle, get some food and Gives stuff. Gives you
0: and... a reason to refill your soda. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You get but the problem with the two-a-day is, is that when you refill the soda in that second movie, mm-hmm. you will have to
1: pee. Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> I had to drink coffee, which is even worse. Oh. I was running out of gas on the second movie. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, Jackson, do you think we're going to do that ever again? No. What if there's only 5 best picture nominees?
2: If there wasn't 9, like like you're saying, if there was like 5 or a a very manageable number, I would probably do it again. What's your number? 5. 5. five. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll do it over 5 days. Yeah. Um I just two movies right in a row. Maybe I'm just getting old, but those theater chairs suck my ass, okay? Mm. So, I would be sitting in the movies and I was like, "How many times can I pop my back?" <laughs> Just trying, it it just, it was so uncomfortable and I ate so much fucking popcorn that it made me sick after a while.
1: The popcorn is also a serious problem with doing nine movies in five days. Sure. By day three, we didn't want to touch popcorn anymore and it's delicious popcorn. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, I am fucking through with popcorn.
0: Yeah. You know what? I don't ever get the popcorn at the theater because it ruins the microwave popcorn. Yeah. It makes microwave popcorn yeah. taste like shit. Yeah. And there's, it's a, the microwave popcorn is the staple in the Sando compound. Mm. So I just, I just have to make it taste good by not eating theater popcorn.
2: You have a compound?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. There's, well, I mean, I got t- when you have a bedroom and a masturbatorium, it becomes a compound.
1: He he changes mm. the name to Sando Koresh.
0: Yes. I, I've been, I made a false religion. I've got some followers. The they're- women have to dress like they're Amish. There's some but women, still have sex with me, yes,
1: correct. They <laughs> believe you are the messiah, and the messiah must bang you. Sure, well, you do
0: have a nice beard. That's well, that's how you do it. Right? Start that's there. how you start. start. Right? Uh, we need
1: to move on, sure. <laughs> um, so but I think we can all agree that there was too many nominees this year nine, nine. That's the highest it's ever been,
2: yeah. And it some is. of them should not have been in there.
1: I uh, I don't know how Sam feels because we haven't discussed this. Let's save the some of them shouldn't have been there, and let's get into these things. Starting with Hacksaw Ridge. Sam, you saw Hacksaw Ridge? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Lampoon. We're actually going to Lampoon that in our uh, uh, cold open next week.
0: Yeah, because I feel like we could actually do an episode on
1: Hacksaw Ridge. I would say the same, but I don't ever want to watch it again. again. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was I thought it was as good as like any generic war movie. Like like you remember that Nicolas Cage called Wind Talkers?
0: Yeah, no, I was gonna compare it to Wind Talkers as well. And Wind Talkers has
1: like a fucking forty on Rotten Right, tomatoes. Middling Bl not really inventing anything war movie except for that it was war porn. It was like whoa, holy shit, there's guts flying everywhere. That there was... was
2: the part that I enjoyed. Oh, really? really? It just, it got tedious well, to me. You know what? The the part I enjoyed most was Naked Hollywood. Ugh,
1: that joke sucked.
0: That joke did suck. The thing that I really get pissed about Hacksaw Ridge is that three other films, because Letters to Iwo Jima and Fa- Flags of Our Fathers weren't nominated for Best Picture, were they? Uh,
1: I thought Letters to Iwo Jima were it was. And then
0: uh, neither was The Thin Red Line. That's correct. All three about the Pacific. Mm-hmm. And this fucking thing yeah, was, yeah. are you kidding me? That's a me? major
1: slap in the face.
0: Yeah, no, because it was like Wind Talkers, basically.
1: Or We Were Soldiers, Was the, not to just pull yeah. out Mel Gibson again, but just those bleh, forgettable war movies that nobody gives a shit about. It was as good as
0: those. It borrowed actors from The New Point Break. His fiance yeah. Teresa Palmer was the girl in point yes, break. She and was. then tough guy Smitty that dies, that's his bro. Uh-huh. Is the main guy in point break. Yeah,
1: and then you've got fucking failed Spider-Man and Vince Vaughn, who we have kicked out of Hollywood because he we said. got tired of his shtick, yeah. and he pulls his shtick in this movie. Wait, like, I'm the charming Sarge. Is he fucking serious? or is he like that's as serious as Vince Vaughn can get cuz I, I can't take him seriously he stinks yeah he can't
0: be in a war movie no no it I was
2: very like uh eh, everybody's going <coughs> to die under your command like that's just the way that i felt like immediately when he came in he's like you sucks the shit i'm like oh you're all going to die. Like, I know how this movie ends now. We can just leave. Have you seen Full Metal Jacket? Because I don't think you've seen Full Metal Jacket and know what a fucking
1: tough Sarge looks like. The A real head banger. I mean, he's the Sarge. I mean,
0: you, you have to know who Lee Ermey is at this point, yeah, right? come oh, on. Geez. Fuck it. Uh
1: Are we going to give this any Oscar predictions at all? Or is this just dunzo?
0: I can't imagine. Now, the thing that surprises me the most about it is that
1: Garfield
0: gets the nomination. When I watched the movie and the camera cut to him, it was like when MTV would do their uh, joke cut-ins to the films back in the MTV Movie Awards. It was like he was making fun of the movie, not in it.
1: Yeah. It was like,
0: all of a sudden, you'd cut from one character to Andrew Garfield, and now it was a Saturday Night Live sketch about bad acting.
1: (laughs) It's up for a lot of awards, but I'm not going to give it any. No. Uh, Next up, let's talk about the big one, one of the fan favorites, La La Land. Uh, Sam, you say you just saw this recently? I saw La La Land yesterday. Okay. What was your... uh, I I await your analysis.
0: I hate musicals. Mm -hmm. I... There's very little to interest me in this film on paper, and I was blown away. I thought it was fucking incredible.
1: Okay. What did you like about it?
0: I thought that every piece of it was part of an incredibly superior machine. Like, in terms of filmmaking, the writing was the engine. It just performed on every level and propelled the story in a magnificent way, and... Uh, All of its parts were basically
1: fantastic. So you're saying you liked the story? Yes. All right.
2: Jackie, how did you feel about the story? I have seen that story so many other times in so many other movies. It just wasn't original.
1: Boy meets girl. Boy loses girl. Ooh, Oscar twist. Boy doesn't end up getting girl in the end. It was no shit. Oh my God, I I didn't see that coming. Yeah, it was fucking predictable as shit, as far as the story, in my thought.
2: And I will say this: that my first initial reaction to La La Land was that why is this part of the Oscars? But then the further I get away from it, the more that I I almost want to say that I like it now.
1: Okay, I think uh, you like it.
2: I, I think I do like it, and regardless of the story, I liked I loved how it ended. I loved okay. how it ended, right. and. The planetarium scenes, I thought were just, it was it was worth going to the theater just to see that scene.
1: I will agree with you there.
2: Um, I just, I don't know how to explain it. A City of Stars is stuck in my head.
1: Yeah, everybody likes that song. Here's my problems with La La Land. I'll try to make them brief. Uh, I think the story stinks. I think it's generic, plain, uh, just go see singing in the rain. If this is what you want, because it's a far superior story and far superior writing. I wasn't impressed with the dialogue. I thought there have some nice jokes, some, some, uh, tongue in cheek references, some nice homages. Uh, but, uh, I just didn't like the story at all. It just seemed, it played like a rom-com to me. You take the singing and the dancing and the wonderful filmmaking out of it you've got a fucking Drew Barrymore and David Arquette movie, and that fucking sucks to me. But this movie is fucking gorgeous. By far, by leaps and bounds, this is my number one nominee and winner vote if if I was part of the Academy for Best Cinematography and Best Production Design by a lot, by like American Pharaoh ass-kicking levels. It is gorgeous
0: especially production design. I don't know about cinematography because I haven't seen Silence, and what I've seen of Silence looks fucking amazing.
1: Okay. I but didn't see Silence either.
0: I think, actually, where you're saying you hated the story because it's a rom-com, mm-hmm. it, it is a rom-com brought to a new level. I think I'm arguing that's its greatest strength. It's not a bad argument. It was meant to be a rom-com from the beginning. It's like, look what you can do with a rom-com if mm-hmm. you really fucking try.
1: Yeah, if you put some effort L- 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 into it. It's not a bad argument, Sam. I'm still not going to give it anything sure but uh, i also forgot to say that i didn't like the music very much because it seemed like it was just a reprise of one song they wrote one song and then just reprised the fuck out of it they used that the got theme. over yeah over and over and over again i didn't like it but i respect the fuck out of it
2: the one thing that i did not care for mm-hmm. and maybe it's because i've seen too many older movies right is that the dancing that they did on the the ridge right mm-hmm. in front of the landscape?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, nope. Um Little flat was not Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers.
2: They're not tap no. dancers;
1: they're actors. Yeah, that is true.
2: I mean, I, I appreciate the effort, and I know that they're not trained dancers, but it it fell so flat for me because it, you know, the old movies they're just so lighter than air, wonderful. Yeah, and then you get that, and it's like your biggest thing is scraping your foot along the cement. Are you guys going to put it in any awards? Visually, I think that it. Sh- yeah, I would.
0: If it was me, I'd give it 13 of the 14 it's up for. Okay. Only because it's up for one category twice. Yes.
1: <laughs> so it can't win all 14. Right. Uh, anybody going to give it best director or best uh, picture? No.
0: I think it's on a different planet than every other movie I've seen this year. That's uh, that's all right. All right.
1: Fair enough. Uh, next up was Lion. Sam, you didn't see Lion. I didn't get this to see Lion. Uh, Jackie and I saw Lion. Uh, I Right off the bat, I drop it a star because it's a true story. That's I'm sorry. That's just my rule. Sure. If it's a true story. I'm going to drop it because it's not an original concept. You've got your source material there. It's a little easier to do. Lion is still fucking epic. Yeah. Uh, it, take away what I just said about it being a true story. It is an amazing true story. Jesus. What a fucking story. It's crazy. Um, but then you add in a lot of a lot of true story movies based on true events get away from the character and just talk about the events. This happens, then this happens then he does this and then he talks to her and she tells him to do this. And so he does that. The strong point about lion is that they go into what the repercussions of these events to the character, to this person that they happen to what, what he feels and how he reacts to them and where he goes, uh uh psychologically because of this fucked up story that he's had to deal with and it's told masterfully in that direction i love lion
2: the uh main actor that played lion
1: mm-hmm. dev, um, dev patel
2: Depp Patel, Wait, from, in,
1: when he's an adult from newsroom
2: yeah he was a very handsome dude he's he's pretty smarmy yeah, and then you see the real smarmy. guy, Swarthy, Swarthy, Smarmy's
1: when you're like, Meow. yeah, Smarmy's not good. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: but then you look at the real life guy, and I'm like, wow, they, uh... they paid,
1: they paid him a nice compliment with the casting of Dave Patel versus yes.
0: the fucking extreme insult they did with uh, whatever the Hacksaw Ridge guy by putting Garfield. Yeah, yeah, but his body should have been Best Supporting Actor for holding <laughs> his head up that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> hey yo. Uh,
1: yeah, but I, 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 Jackie, you're with me. I know that you really liked Lion, too. You cried, it, I believe.
2: I did. And you know, the thing is with that story is that without giving away a lot of mm-hmm. the important instances that happened throughout it, there's just not a way to really talk about it unless you've seen it. And I think it was well worth the time spent at the theater. That was one I did not mind sitting through, and my back hurt like hell.
1: I think Lion is the sole candidate for film for everyone, high quality, very good movie. Sure. For everyone, if you don't, if you can't relate or understand Lion, go fuck yourself.
0: Isn't it an Australian production? It is. And that right there, just getting a nomination, mm-hmm. being another st- for Best Picture as a foreign production. Good fucking job. That's hard to do.
1: Hey, speaking of which, Stinker Madness. Uh, fun fact: There's a shot of Gunday inside of it.
0: Oh, hey. Yeah, they're Gunday. watching Gunday they, on the well, TV we...
1: one day. So I think it should get that extra star back just for Gunday being it. Just for yeah. Just for Gunday. It. Gunday, yeah. Just and it wasn't so on rad. very
2: long, but, you know, after you've watched that movie and it's burned into your mind because you loved it, mm-hmm. as soon as that flash up, I'm like, oh, my God, that's a that movie we watched.
1: I'm not going to nominate it for Best Picture. Uh, it should probably get some sound design, back end uh Weird that I'm I'm not capable of judging stuff because it's really fucking strong. The, sure. Oh, and there's a couple shots that are just fucking deadly. Yeah, the the it like where you capture the size and the scope of the character and the world that is taking place in, and you've nailed that in a couple sh- frames. Ugh, ugh. Okay. Uh next up was Fences. Jackie and I watched this last night with Denzel Washington. Fucking kill me. It was not for us.
2: Okay. I. I am really against and this this movie just completely reinforces what I already thought. Do not take a play and do the play as the movie. Take a play, take all the best ideas from it and adapt it for film. Take
1: the story from the play. Right. If it's a really good story.
2: And adapt it for film. This was a play that they shot around and to me it became instantly annoying.
1: Fade outs musical uh, interludes. It was a fucking stage play yeah. set in one set with cameras in it.
0: You know, only cause I can't, I, the only way I can interject in this is to bring it back to sort of the theatrical, theatric elements in uh La La Land that I would have normally hated, like the spotlighting him in the middle of it and shit yeah. like that. That, played in that movie. And
1: enhances the storytelling.
0: Yeah, whereas if they're doing that shit in this, I would have probably thought it was
1: Yeah, it's not it's not the same type of theater production as La La Land by any means. But here's my problem with with fences. I I put this on my Twitter is when you combine when you take a, 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 theat- a theatrical presentation. There's strengths that film can't replicate in it. For instance, the uh, emotional connection between the audience and the players on the stage. That intimacy. Sure. You lose that no matter what you do in film. You can't recapture that. The other thing is, is every time you go to a stage play, it's going to be a new production every time you fucking see it. Mm-hmm. The film can't do that. Now, there's a th- myriad of things that I can list off about films, that I'm not going to waste our time here that stage can't do yes uh explosions usually um but when you combine the two you lose a lot of the pros of both of them yes and that's not a good uh uh filmmaking decision I think this is a template on hey stop this stop doing this Jackie you brought up uh popular movies like uh, mainstream like don't go in the we're not don't go in the woods
2: uh into the woods, into the woods was woods. another one that was a stage play. Yeah. And they turned it into a movie. And it's not that the movie fell flat, but it was written for the stage. It's not the same thing. And, and it's not. And it doesn't flow well. And, you know, the cuts in between scenes, it doesn't it doesn't do what it would if you were at the theater. It's not the same.
1: Same as uh, Les Miserables, which I'm not a fan in any either way. But, dude, put that on screen. And I don't think that that worked very well.
2: No, but, that was atrocious.
1: Uh, yeah, it's just there's when you have a play and that's dialogue driven, and you translate that onto screen, you can't take the fucking script from the fucking play and sure. say put this in front of a camera. It doesn't work like that. And here's my, the reason why this happened, why it's two hours and twenty fucking minutes of boring drivel of dialogue, is because the adaptation. Was done by the guy that wrote the stage play, play, and he died right
0: after he got finished with it. Right? Uh, I don't
1: know. Yeah, he's been dead for ten years or something like that. Okay.
2: I will say that.
1: Bummer for him, but I guess he's not going to make that mistake again.
2: Oh! Ah. (laughs) I I will. Yeah, shut up, asshole. So, (laughs) the the one thing I will say about this fences, and that I really want to point out is that the woman who plays the wife Mm -hmm. in this uh, in this film,
1: Viola Davis.
2: Viola Davis. Was fucking phenomenal.
1: Yeah, she was good. Everybody was good. They held, they just it wasn't anything good to represent. But uh, I'm not nominating for anything, even acting awards. Uh, next up, Moonlight. Sam, do you saw the Moonlight? Yes, I saw the Moonlight. The other fan favorite won. Uh, uh, La La Land won best comedy or musical at the Golden Globes. This one best drama. Best drama. Yes. So those are the two forerunners. Uh, yeah. Just natively. I'm gonna go ahead and say Moonlight is my pick for best uh, best film. I was flabbergasted by Moonlight, and if we're looking for a if if the qualifications for best picture are power, if Moonlight doesn't have enough power for you, I don't know what does because it's fucking powerful. I
0: think that it has a very timely social relevance. Absolutely. Uh, However, its other pieces aren't nearly as strong as La La Land or Manchester by the Sea. What other
1: pieces are you specifically talking
0: about? The the shooting, the editing, and I do the same thing when you lose a star with me when you're adapting a novel, Mm -hmm. because all you're doing at that point... Is trying to be the courier of someone else's story. Sure,
1: no, it's the same thing was, as a as a as a true story, right? right? Yeah, so it's I an adaptation.
0: Didn't really think anything special was happening with the adaptation of the screenplay here, uh, and that beyond that, it was just like the whole thing was like, well, this is really going to it's going to be a wow when it happens for anybody that sees it. That wow, we're actually making this movie. And I thought that its technical elements were just not screwing up the telling of the story. I don't think any of them actually helped
1: the telling it. of the story. Okay. All right. Jackson, your thoughts on Moonlight.
2: You know, honestly, it's really, really hard for me to put in in words what I think about Moonlight because it it's so much more of an emotional feeling towards that film that I have that I really I'm finding I find it hard to articulate just how in powerful, like you said, and impactful it was, and you just that was another one where I sat there and I had no idea how much time had actually gone by because the story was so compelling, mm-hmm. and I just I lost myself in that film and I loved it.
1: Yeah, I absolutely loved Moonlight. It is not fun. It is not a fun yeah. experience.
2: And another thing that I'm gonna actually.
0: Even though I think that Moonlight was not a really good movie, and I have just the three of them that I would think even deserve to be, mm-hmm. I would only put three of these movies in the discussion, okay. and it's one of the three. But I have, a, I just, I had a couple of quibbles with it, and one is that versus the other two, it doesn't it, its technical elements don't accelerate it, and that the story itself isn't going to bring its message to a wider audience, unfortunately.
1: No, People, but I think it's enough to. If it wins, yeah, it will bridge that gap significantly more than anything may have yeah. been bridged before. Unfort,
0: yeah, I think it's unfortunate that if the message that it sends works, this will be a less relevant film in 30 years, which would be a good thing, right? Absolutely. It would just be an average romance yes, film at that
1: point. That's a very good point, Sam. I. I Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed.
0: And then just some crusty asshole like me that's teaching a fucking community film course can go, oh, but this was the first one that people liked.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, I think its representation of the character is very powerful. I, I, I just can't use that word enough. I'm sorry if that sounds cliche as sure. from as a, a a critic standpoint. But um, the, the heartbreak of that character in his silence and using a character that's not very overt in their dialogue you have to go through these paces along with him to understand him at the same time that he understands himself i i do think that there is very strong storytelling uh and there's some questionable filmmaking i will grant you it's there's some risky elements i'm not sure if they're good or bad i don't think i enjoyed some of the story-driven, like, let's try this and do it this way. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do th- think that there were some chances taken, and I do think even in 30 years, I don't think that that will be the case. I think it's going to be a strong movie forever. Sure. It's my best picture nomination or vote. Anybody else? Jackie?
2: I'm waiting to reveal my picks till the end.
1: Manchester by the Seas, the next one up. Uh, also a very popular film. Casey Affleck's The Front Runner, I believe, in the Best Actor category. It's the one everybody's talking about. Dude, he nailed it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is my favorite for Best Original Screenplay, which a lot of p- other people like. La La Land. I like La uh, La Land I fucking a little bit love better. Manchester by the Sea.
0: I loved Manchester by the Sea, but I'm going to go ahead and say that this deserves to be in the conversation. It deserves- Definitely. I, w- I wouldn't be upset if it won. Right. Uh, but it is like there's always the the saddest movie of the year automatically gets a nod and you thought it was the saddest movie of the year huh this thing is a bummer train that goes to bummersville I was laughing the whole time then it takes a bummer cruise to bummer <laughs> Island.
1: <laughs> I did not feel that way one bit. I went in expecting it to be the bummer that it was going to be, um, that it was going to be the terms of endearment of our this new genera- generation. But uh, I thought it was fucking hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing at the the dialogue. And yes, it's tragic and sad, and but it's not the same type of tragedy. It's it's that fucked up sad that captured me with uh, silver linings. Like yes, these people have shitty existences and bad things have happened to them, but look at them. Look at them there. They they have created family. They have taken, they haven't walked away from life and the shittiness of it. They've grown together because of it. I don't think that's bummer town. I think that's awesome sauce.
0: Kind of, but in the film, Casey Affleck's character does.
1: He can't overcome it. Spoiler he alert. has to leave. Not in the end. He finds a family. Jackie, it's not it's not the ideal. It's not the ideal. I, I grant you that he doesn't. The spoilers, but he
2: does find a connection, Jackie. This is my my favorite one by far.
1: Manchester by the Sea.
2: It's a uh, good call. And I'm I'm not with you, Sam. I I didn't think that this was all doom and gloom. I I had also heard that it was a cry fest, and so I had gotten a whole bunch of napkins to eat with my popcorn, <laughs> uh, so that way I can blow my nose intermittently while I shove my face and. Uh, You know, I thought this one captured me more in the story than even Moonlight did Mm -hmm. because the pacing of it where you'd have this really sad scene and then, you know, it would flash back into the forward and the current situation and how these things are building into this character and how these different situations have made these people who they are and how dysfunctional they are. They all are when he comes back to town. And then that growth curve. Mm-hmm. I I super liked this movie. There is so much
1: hard shit for any character to have to deal with in that situation that they just keep throwing at him and it's all it's not like it's unbelievable stuff. It's that's what's going to happen in you in this character's shoes. And all of it is written so just fucking spot on in my yes. opinion. I, I absolutely love the screenplay. I thought it was amazing. Uh, La La Land had some moments, but sure. dude, this thing is fucking deadly. Yeah.
2: I, I really, I'm with you. I really felt like it, it encompassed really what humans do mm-hmm. when tragedy is, is afoot.
1: And a little toss in some awkwardness.
2: Yeah. Cause they were awkward. Mm-hmm. There were some inappropriate jokes and some weirdness going on. But that's how you get through the really, really tough times, is you say inappropriate shit or you do inappropriate things. Yeah. And I thought it was very true to life. And I guess I I related to it really well.
0: I will agree. And You said the pacing of the film, which I think is... I think that this is one of the most incredibly paced films that I've ever seen in my life. Because it constantly has expedited flashback scenes throughout it which would generally break up the pacing and this is set it's like they're it's like a fucking clock Mm -hmm. it works so and the cinematography was so
1: good you didn't notice how good it was it's also up for best cinematography
0: and it was like because of those two elements it's the one that you're sitting in the movie yeah you're inside of it the whole time yeah it's that's why i didn't moonlight didn't do that that's true and that's why I have Manchester and uh, Manchester by the Sea above Moonlight.
1: Now, I I think we all feel the same way as far as our the, these three films. For sure. if if any of them win, you know what? Yeah, Okie dokie. Okay. Uh, I think that Manchester by the Sea though falls into that same category as what you're talking about. I think that this thing should win a fucking handful of awards. Uh, uh, Whereas Moonlight, I can't say the same thing. I think it's it's just really up for the two, the best director and best picture, sure. in my opinion. Sure. Um, this thing is just... Manchester by the Sea is a production. Everybody involved in it deserves a fucking trophy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, great film.
0: The ex-wife that only has a couple of scenes, mm-hmm. holy crap, if you're only going to get a couple of scenes... Do them like she does, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, uh, she, uh, she Michelle nailed Williams. it too. Yes, Michelle Williams yeah. was incredible.
1: Yeah, she was tough to watch, Uh which is not usually her deal. <laughs> she, she actually made she made me cry. Yeah, I
0: will admit it. I she, cried when she, she was did her good. thing.
1: Next up, my personal favorite movie of 2016. I'm going to go ahead and spoiler alert. This is going to be at the top of my list, even in two months when we do our year in review, when we do our favorite movies of 2016. Hell or high water.
0: I really liked Heller High Water. Unfortunately, I saw it like when it first came out mm-hmm. with my parents, and I remember very little about it, other than the one thing that I didn't like was that Jeff Bridges brought Rooster Cogburn out again yeah. for the third time around the track. Yeah. This time was a lot more amusing than in Seventh Son. Yeah, He yeah. made me laugh again in right, this one. Right, And it was also uh, weird that it had shared the Chris Pine and the other guy's brother, the... Mm-hmm. uh he shared that that same lead combination in the the boat movie our finest hours where they go out to try to save and Casey Affleck was in that and everybody thought that was going to be Jeff Bridges a,
1: wasn't in that no
0: not Jeff Chris Pine
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. Chris
0: Pine and his brother those mm-hmm. guys were uh
1: yeah the bank robber
0: brothers or whatever. Yeah, name?
1: Uh, Bill Isaacs. God, I can never remember that guy's name.
0: Yeah, they're the Coast Guard boat team that goes to save Ben yeah, Affleck you're right, or whatever. Yeah, right, right, yeah. And, and I thought it was odd that they they shared two leads. And then the other movie was like Disney thought it was going to be the Oscar but it, it I, I saw that it was a pile of crap. Yeah, movie. it was not really great.
1: Uh This one though, I think is the strongest western I've seen in Forever uh No Country for Old Men. I would say, since No Country for Old Men, I know you don't like No Country. I I would argue, I I argue to Jackie that Hell or High Water is better, because there's a couple things in in, uh, uh, No Country for Old Men that I don't like, that every time I see, I cringe, especially where uh, James Brolin's character dies. I don't like that. He's too smart. What the fuck? He just walks into a trailer park and gets his ass shot? What the fuck? He's been a super genius this whole time, and he just... I'll do this deal, capam. I'm dead. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that part. I love everything else. Hell or high water, though, to me was everything I want to see in a western, including spaghetti westerns. Um, men in tough times, or ladies. Uh, in this instance, it's men. Men
2: in well, t- the wife was in a tough spot too. Yeah,
1: but you know, uh, in tough times, doing tough things, and just being tough in general. Not necessarily like hey. Let's get in a fight. It's mostly let's not get in a fight, yeah. but if we're gonna have to, it's gonna be not real good. Yeah,
0: it's the it has the Will Penny, Tom Horton Western feel like, well, if we got to, we
1: got to. That's but, what I want. Yeah This this sense of high noon at all times on the screen is what I want in a goddamn Western. And I I loved it. I ate this fucking thing up. This movie is me to the core. Not me. Because I'm not tough. I'm not sure. saying that. But sure. I, I, this is what I want to see when I go and see a movie with a great screenplay, this.
2: So there were two things in this movie that, um, without making me sound too morbid, um, that when I saw them on screen, I thought, I've never seen that before. Okay. And it was super awesome. Yeah. And the one is is there is one gentleman who gets shot in the head. And uh, somebody goes to go check on him. And his brains fall out of his hat,
1: mm-hmm. which... That was pretty gruesome.
2: It was totally gruesome. And then there's another scene where the character gets shot through the temple mm-hmm. and kind of slumps over, and then the blood is just draining out of the open side of his temple. And Pretty gruesome. I'd never seen anything like that in film, and it it was pretty cool. Yeah. And it's. I will say this about this movie, is that for every time that I thought that I had this movie figured out, that i thought that something was going to happen it never fucking did it never
1: did yeah. this is a very unpredictable movie because there's it sets itself up for so many modern cliche western clichés sure. or just even action films that you are like oh this is about this is where this film's going and it never goes that fucking direction and i i just i loved it
0: yeah I think it's a, a fine double feature with No Country for Old Men, which I do like. I just don't like some of their other movies. Oh, yeah. Compared to um,
1: compared to some of their other movies. Of
0: course. But uh, my other thing that I enjoyed was the, the sort of rolling subtext of, by the way, the banks fucked us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a really good time. Uh, sadly... I don't think it's going to win any of the big ones. No.
2: I don't think it will either. But I do think that it should have been in the conversation. I'm glad Uh, that it was nominated. I'm I'm
1: glad that it's in the conversation, too. I
0: think it wins Best Screenplay last year. Uh, Probably.
1: Yeah. Probably. Uh, Next up, Hidden Figures with- (sighs) uh, I didn't see this one. Okay. I Uh, cried. You cried. Now, Jackie, you've got a personal attachment to this film. I do. Because you are a strong black woman in the 60s as a NASA uh, physicist.
0: You're also an astronaut.
1: Yeah, well, that's... Or wait, no, I mean an ass hat.
2: Oh! Whoa. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you both. No, I do have a strong attachment to this film because I am very much into women's rights and um, equal opportunity and education for women. And I'm, I very much love that boosting each other up and taking care of one another. And this movie just really gets at that. It's... Yes, they were black women, and mm-hmm. I get that. But on top of that, they were women, so it wasn't like it was a black black men, right? Trying to break into the engineering program at NASA and right, all this stuff. True. It was a woman,
1: because
2: mm-hmm. uh, that's the first thing I thought is this, these women are incredibly smart, very smart, and they're no better than secretaries back then. Somewhat, somewhat. Yeah, they're called computers. Yeah, but. And they do work for NASA. And I will tip my hat to NASA. Some of the things that happened during that film, whether or not they're true, I don't know. But it, it was incredible to me that the segregation was not... It was there, but then it uh, generally progressed out because they started seeing the value of these incredibly intelligent women.
1: My understanding, and this is one of my problems with this movie, is that it plays to those struggles and and it plays to the audience and and oh my gosh that sucks so bad i think they kind of threw nasa under the bus a little bit here my understanding of the situation now i'm no historian but at that time the problem was more believe it or not that they were black not that they were women there was women all over that goddamn thing and it was more just because segregation was everywhere but it's it was now, I I want to tread carefully here because it's shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the
2: situation was shit either way. This but... was the
1: situation in the entire United States of separate but equal. And NASA was one of the forerunners of, look, we don't care what you got between your legs. You can do any job here. Sure. Um, but at the same time, if you're black, you got to piss over there. But you can still have any job, but you got to piss where the white people aren't pissing. And that fucking sucks. But I think this movie made a little too strong of a statement inaccurately about NASA being like, bunch of goddamn shit ass coming in here, taking our jobs shit. That that didn't happen. There
0: was, I think that that's the thing to understand is that yes, at the time everywhere is shitty, but from what I've under, from what I've heard you walk through the doors of NASA socially and progressively, you just walked into the future 20 years. There's
1: too much at stake yeah. inside of NASA to be a fucking asshole about something that doesn't matter. There, you, There's men whose lives are on the line, and if you need somebody to do a certain job, you're going to get the very best person who can do that job, no matter what color their skin is and what they got dangling between their legs. You have to have the best because there's too much at stake. And NASA knew that from the start. Um, so, yeah. But the, but going back to the movie, um, it was fun. It was very fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The lead, three lead actresses are charming as fucking shit. Uh, but it was just a little too generic as far as, like, a, a good movie. It was just... It was like Apollo 13
2: without the drama. It's just being cute and fun. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I did too, but I just didn't think it was great. And the fact that those women... You know, after this initial struggle, after they got the first man into space, what they went on to do with their lives because they were strong and they believed in themselves. To me, that was just so goddamn inspiring. Oh, that's good. And I loved this movie. Now, do I think it's going to win? Probably not.
1: No, I I think this one's also going to be ignored.
2: I think it's a feel good movie and I think it'll get ignored.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh. Last but not least, Sam? Well, it's
0: also interesting to mention that Janelle Monet was in both Hidden Figures
1: and <coughs> Moonlight. Now, she... It, she's it, the singer. She's the singer. Um, also, the gentleman whose character's name I can't remember, nor the actor's name, uh, who becomes the husband of the lead in Hidden Figures is also Juan, the father figure to the boy in Moonlight. Oh. Both of them were in that. How about that? Double Connection, Moonlight and Hidden Figures. Last but not least, Sam, you just watched this day. Arrival starring Hawkeye and uh, the toothy lady from Catch Me If You Can. That Jeremy Renner and Amy Adams. Yes. (laughs) They're both fine (laughs) actors. Lois
0: Lane was where I was
1: going. Oh,
2: okay. That's a good one, too. I was going with the Muppets. Yeah, she was in the Muppets. She was in the Muppets. With Jason Segel. Uh, Sam.
1: You are fresh on Arrival. Fresh on Arrival. I arrived here after... I, my
0: Arrival was post-Arrival
1: viewing. I'm going to go ahead and make that joke now. I'm dead on Arrival. I didn't like Arrival.
0: Uh, I liked Arrival a lot. I don't think it should be best picked. Okay. I don't think
1: it should be nominated.
0: I liked it a lot. What
1: would you like about Arrival?
0: I it, It's one of the only movies that sort of negotiates the pitfalls of time travel. Did it? Yes, I thought so. I don't. Uh, well, and actually, I've had a joke that I almost forgot that I wanted to tell first, but I'll tell now about Arrival, is that it's the Groundhog Day the Earth stood still. (laughs) Kind of. Kind of.
1: Yeah. Uh, That was my... I was like, no, God, no, don't do this. No! I
0: think you didn't like it for the the same reason you didn't like Sicario. It puts on these giant shoes, Mm -hmm. and then it's not this giant thing. It's this littler thing later.
1: It is a very little thing when the reveal happens. Like, oh, oh, that's... Not nearly as dramatic as what this was built up to be. Yeah. Um, my problem with it, though, is the same problem you have uh, with Interstellar, is the speed of love. The solution to this film is the language of time travel. And I don't like that as a gimmick or even as a concept. No. But what I especially don't like about this film is it sets up these time travel rules, the language of time, and then breaks them. And with... How? Uh, Jeremy Renner he breaks hell because she without spoiling if if you don't want spoil I will spoil us but go ahead and skip ahead about uh, two minutes I would say right here for me to rant about what is about to happen at the very end starting now Jeremy Renner is revealed to be Amy Adams future husband and father of her baby sure the language of love or the language of love the is a song featured in uh, written by Burt Bacharach? No, that's the Look of Love. Language of time
2: travel. <laughs> the language of time. The language Burt of Bacharach. love is a psychiatric book about couples who were just. it's what crazy. you
1: and I are going to be talking later. Oh. Um,
2: it's uh, <laughs> way to go. Fences on me.
1: Shit. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, you need
2: to keep going like four minutes. Yeah, four you minutes.
1: figure minutes. What are talking about? <laughs> so, it, so the language of time is used as a means to communicate. Sure. And via th- the aliens language, you only see the things in the future that are relevant to the things that you are a, either trying to communicate or b trying to have communicated to you. You can't just like go no, 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 And see all of the future. Like what's going on in France in uh, 15 years? No, 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 no. You can't sure. do that. It's a language. Now she, she, when she learns about Jeremy Renner being her future husband, what does that explain to her?
2: We're going to have a baby. That's it. And she, he doesn't speak that
1: language, so he can't fucking understand that. So he's she's not saying anything to him. They are not communicating. The aliens have already left and revealed nothing to her other than, hey, you're going to spit out a kid with Jeremy Renner. That's not... That's you've just broken your own rules. No,
0: I didn't get that at all. In fact, I thought that it was at the end, beginning, whatever, mm-hmm. she had basically, and she, there's even the line, what would you do if you could see your whole life? She made it was like because time is then instant and continuous at the same time, she basically makes all of her choices and then is. Agreed. A, Continuous peace.
1: Yeah. But then they say the time's nonlinear, so you can't be... That's not it, it Cyclical or continuous, mm-hmm. yeah. But that's the thing, is that it
0: sort of... She makes all of her decisions about life at once, basically, and the only
1: thing that she changes in her whole life is saving the Earth. She also has a super summit where she saves the entire Earth and all of the people of the world come together and discuss... Uh, hey, good job, good job with this future conversation that we're having now that we all saw in the past, and so we got together and and saved everything back in the past, but now we're having this conversation again in the future just so we can have it again in the past. Fuck off with time travel. It sucks. Don't put it in my goddamn sci-fi movie. Sure. Now, uh, I award Arrival zero points for showing up. (laughs) So, Jackie, you have
2: any Arrival thoughts? Meh. Meh. Sam, now you not some... like space
1: movies. It's not a space movie. It's not movie. even a fucking space movie. It's,
2: it's a fucking alien it's, movie. It's, Same damn thing to barely me. Barely
1: a science fiction movie. Yeah. It's a <laughs> science fiction Pass, movie. Me. It's just bad science. Sam, now you had a couple outliers this year. What, what were those? Did you want to bring those up you know, now? Or?
0: It, actually, I, there's a lot of outliers this year, and I think it's actually just a really strong year in film that we're going to be continuing to watch some really good movies that happened this year. I think that... Andrew Garfield probably fucked Silence up, but it's probably still a very good movie around him. Okay. Um, but you have Zemeckis made a movie this year. Jarmish made a movie this year. Uh, you've uh, Almodovar made a movie this year. Verhoeven made a movie this year. Jeff Nichols made two movies this year. We watched the not as good one as Loving, which was nominated for a lot of things mm-hmm. besides Best Picture. So there's plenty of other movies out there that need to be seen that weren't, that are probably better than... Oh, but three of the Best Picture nominations. Or Lion being very good from what you guys say. It's
1: very good. But there yeah. is definitely three turds in the Best Picture. Yes. Uh, so. I would say Hacksaw Ridge has no business replace that with something. Actually, just get red. Get. No, don't replace it with something. Get it down to at least six, guys.
0: Yeah. And the film that I think that I saw, I'll only really mention the one. Woody Allen also had a movie this year, but it was just okay. Love and friendship the adaptation of a Jane Austen short story done for three million dollars. It got the Golden Tomato for best comedy which so it's I'm not alone in liking right, this film. Sure. Mm-hmm. It does a special thing that it brings it takes it wit Stillman isn't for everybody as a filmmaker and Jane Austen isn't for everybody as an author. And it, it it widens the audiences of both, and that's a special deal. Now, do you know where that one's streaming at? That's streaming on Amazon. Okay, right now anybody right. can watch that. Anybody can watch Woody Allen's too. It's and do you alone. think
1: it's better than any it, than than the number one that you have for best picture?
0: Again, I think that La La Land is on a different planet than okay. any movie that I saw this year. But I think that it because of the three million dollar figure and how much I just. It's a seamless piece of work as well. It accelerates the work of everyone involved. I think that it's in the conversation against Moonlight and Manchester by the Sea, even though it's a comedy film. Jackie,
2: final thoughts. The four I would drop to get it down to the five that I would have enjoyed watching. Hacksaw Ridge. Definitely. uh, Fences. Definitely. Arrival. Definitely. Definitely. And unfortunately, to get it down to the five, I would have to get rid of Hidden Figures. Yeah,
1: I Uh. think you kind of have to, even though it's a good movie. It's a great movie. Very fun.
2: Everybody should watch it. Everybody
1: should watch Hidden Figures.
2: But the two movies that I'm going to say that were the most impactful, not necessarily the best shot or any of that stuff, is probably the Lion movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's just called Lion. 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 And the Man- Lion
1: movie is, is that one with Simba. Simba. Oh.
2: <laughs> Lion and uh, Manchester by the Sea.
1: Both very good films. Uh, riveting, riveting movie telling. I, I I like all four of them. Uh, La La Land is not for me just because of the story. I, w- I would have liked to have seen a better story, but I like your argument a little bit. The thing about La La Land is I'm willing to give it another go.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, La La Land, Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight all beat spotlight last year.
1: I, I completely agree. This
0: is you. a really strong year in film. I forgot to mention Ken Loach won the uh Palme d'Or. He's got a movie out of this year. There's just a lot of goddamn movies you could watch this year. Yeah. So
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I think La La Land is definitely part of the discussion. The more I think about it, the more I like it.
0: Yeah. I actually went into my house, walked straight to my Blu-ray rack, pulled out Children of Men to make sure it was 2006. Because my first thought after La Land was over was, I, this is the best movie I've seen in 10 years. And I had to verify that it was 10 years ago that I saw <laughs> Children of Men.
1: Ah. Uh, I didn't like it that much. Yeah, I
0: really funny. liked it. All I, mean, right. I was fucking... I, my mom, it might be her favorite movie of all time. Oh, that I,
1: I can see. It's a lot of ladies. But yeah. uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Uh, yeah. Sam, it's your movie this week with Encino Man. And... Based off of a listener request, we'll probably get into that in your boring bullshit. But what's your uh, wild card this week? Well, it's going
0: to be good Good neighbor, bad neighbor with the real-life actors that comprise the main cast of
1: Encino Man. Okay, not any of their characters, the actors. Yes, yeah, so
0: right. we'll start with Sean Austin, the easy one.
1: Okay. Aston. Yeah, is it Aston or Austin? It's Aston. Yeah, Aston. Well,
0: it's Austin, but it's spelled Aston.
1: So which is it? I do Autistic. Know. If, if Sean... Hobbit was to introduce himself. He Say Austin.
0: I think he started calling himself Samwise Ganji about 15 years ago. All right. All right.
1: Here's the hard part about what we're going to run into here, Sam. I don't know shit about these guys. I just know about the characters they play in movies. Uh, But Sean Astin's Pudgy and short, that's about as much as I know about him.
0: Hollywood royalty. Is he? Yeah, he's like third generation actor.
1: From who? Oh, good. Now we're going to look this up. Way to come prepared, Buster.
0: <laughs> I just thought it was common knowledge. I can't remember his damn mom's All right, name.
1: well, okay, fine. So he's got some some f- fuddy-duddy parents.
2: Uh, he's in shitty he's, movies. He's in shitty
1: movies for the
0: most part. He's he's like John Reese Davies Jr. Yeah, yeah. I well, bet he smokes a lot
2: of weed. He could be a pot smoker. I could see that. That's- and I bet he wears a Speedo on occasion for his birthday once a year. As what? he walks around the pool smoking the weed, and then he just kind of casually lets a ball drop out of I the have, side of it. I just don't but, see that
1: happening. None no, of that all. makes any sense. You lost me after the weed thing. Yeah, the speedo. Yep. No,
2: <laughs> I totally can see him doing it. I just, I don't think people. You really
1: have no idea what balls are like, Jackie. <laughs> like you've seen them on television or something. And apparently, I'm not no thing to be like scientific or something. Well, but
2: he would buy a Speedo They don't that just was...
1: fall out like, oh, I'm just going to let one of these fall out of my Speedo because why not? Well, Look, his Speedo is yeah, too big. Now I'll put it back in. Maybe later I'll let it drop out again. That doesn't make any goddamn
2: sense. No. <laughs> well, the Speedo is too big for him. Then why would he buy it? <laughs> because he wants to do the ball drop trick. That's not That's a trick. You don't do-
0: And if it was a trick, why would you do it by yourself in your backyard?
2: Because you know that the old neighbor lady across the way is watching. You? you.
0: (laughs) So, oh, that's quite a list of assumptions.
1: Yeah.
0: Nope. (laughs) Nope. He
1: doesn't do that at all. (laughs) Yeah. That's the other thing I know about Sean Austin is he doesn't wear Speedos and let his ball do the ball drop (laughs) trick. Come on, man. I'm going with the pot thing, though.
0: Maybe. I think that he would come over a lot and be like, did you guys see my new movie? Uh, no. Did you do something since The Lord of the Rings? I'm sorry. Was it Rudy 2?
1: Yeah, Rudy 2.
0: <laughs> they bring back the
2: Goonies. And Rudy I at it? the car wash. Yeah. I think he's been in some decent films. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and Rudy. And, and Goonies. Goonies. Goonies.
1: Yeah, but he, for each one of those, there's 15. Ice
2: breakers. And... <laughs> that's fine. Sometimes you got to fill it in while you're waiting for the big show.
1: Yeah, I have no problem with Sean Aston's acting path, but uh, that's not what we're judging. We're judging as, him as a neighbor. Uh, I'm sticking with the pot thing. Hey, dude, if you smoke pot and you can provide your own, because, you know, he's got some money and he's third generation royalty. Yeah, he's not go. begging. I think he's a good neighbor.
2: And you know, he eats ice cream.
1: Well, yeah, he's pudgy. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, you know that that's happening. He probably has the ultimate selection, like a freezer, he, would just filled with all it's the different kinds. Not necessarily
1: ice cream, but he would have. He's the type of person that would have one of those eccentric collections, like I, I get the best of X from throughout the world. And it could be ice cream, but whatever X is, you also want some of it.
0: So he just has the Schwanz man come to the door. Could that's be, what I was thinking could too. Be, Huh. Well, all right. That sounds like a good neighbor. Good, yeah, neighbor. D-
2: good neighbor. Good neighbor. All right. Ball drop. Nope.
0: <laughs> Brendan Fraser.
2: Bad neighbor. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, what are you? T- uh He seems like he would get mad if, if your dog came over and took a shit on his lawn. While you were trying to get him in the car to go to the vet, because your dog um, has a broken leg. I, I could see where you're going.
1: I think that it's a little deeper than that. I think that Brendan Fraser was almost a thing, almost, oh, not 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 a good thing, but like almost a an A-lister, and he never was. He was
2: when when he Mummy, no, nope. yeah, the Mummies, no, nope, no. Nope.
1: No nope. Tarzan? No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. He was he nope. was an
0: over ten million dollar nope.
1: ticket. I don't consider I don't I, I think that he's still at the elite clubs in town in Vegas. Tom Cruises gets in and Brandon Fraser gets the uh the rope now closed he in does, front of him. Yes, but No
0: then No, not then. No, yeah. not he then He was a big deal.
1: Yeah, I disagree. He was an A lister. Uh B lister for sure.
0: This is which is why I think the same situation where you have Sean Us like, Hey, did you see my new movie? You're Like, no, but then you still enjoy a new castle together and talk about something else. Whereas Brendan Fraser comes over and is like, Hey, did you see my new movie? Why not? Then he makes you watch it at his house. Yeah.
2: Either that, or he starts acting out the scenes. If he doesn't own (laughs) the movie, he's like, let me show you the best scene I did in this movie. I think this is really going to sell you on it so that you'll go to the theater and you're just kind of standing there like, "Mm,
1: and itches no matter what you say is wrong. Because again, he was almost somebody is what I'm saying. It, He's got a tude about it because he at one point had people bring him stuff. Yes. And he no longer has that. And I think he's got a tude. I'm out on Brandon Fraser.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't want to live next to him. bad neighbor.
0: Leaving us finally with Paulie Shore.
2: Fuck that guy, moving on. Pretty sure that one's easy. Oh, uh, yeah,
0: I think he's going to be a good neighbor. Okay, go ahead and Because he's not really the weasel. No. He's just a man. But
1: he's annoying.
0: No, not really. I think when he's doing his normal, when he's being, hi, I'm Pauly Shore, he seems to be a very reasonable gentleman.
1: When have you ever seen that?
0: Several times.
1: I have never seen that.
0: Yeah, in interviews. And then also the, the movie Pauly Shore is dead sort of kind of brings out the the death of the weasel.
1: I'm not willing to take that chance. You're not. I am either. If Polly Shore moves in, I am putting my house on the market or you, I'm not moving into that neighborhood. I no bet. No matter what.
0: If you tried to make him do the hey, buddy, he wouldn't want to do it. You're like,
1: come on. Just give me I'm one. I'm not going to make him do that because I hate that type. Hey of Hey, buddy. N- hey, man. You didn't want to go. Go fuck you. I'm not that type of person. I would never do that. But he wouldn't want to do it anyway. Right. fine. That doesn't mean I want to take the chance that he's either
2: a okay or not.
1: I'm out. Very reasonable human. No, not giving him a chance. I'm done.
2: Yeah, I'm with Justin. If we were neighbors, I would bake up Rice Krispie Treats, cut them into about the size of a small pebble slash rock, let them harden, and then throw them at him every time he tried to do something retarded.
1: Okay, so you're not even willing to give him a chance. You just hate him.
0: Sounds like you're the bad neighbor. Yeah, you are clearly the bad
1: neighbor.
2: In this scenario, yes.
1: Yeah, Totally. Uh, no, I'm just out. So I guess that's kind of like a, you're saying good, she's saying clearly bad. I'm saying, I don't know, Yeah, but I'm not willing to find out. You're not
0: willing to find I out. I could
1: make a killing in the real estate market because of Pauly Shore, and then that would make him a good neighbor. Or I could lose my ass, take a dump in my house, and make him a bad neighbor. I don't know. So 50-50. The jury is out. <laughs>
0: the jury's out.
1: It's like OJ. No, it's not like OJ. <laughs> Sorry, Jackie and I have been watching The People vs. O.J. Riveting! Sam, tell us about Encino Man.
0: As I have previously stated, I saw Encino Man at the theater three times. Sure. Because you are a loser. (laughs) I would say... That's why. (laughs) uh, Yeah. yeah, uh, I would say a 12-year-old me was the only one to recognize the pure genius of this film, but it managed to gross $40 million domestically against a $7 million budget. Mm Mm-hmm. Those figures seem to be the end of the kind things the internet has to say about Encino Man. Mm. Mm-hmm. I had virtually no idea that this film was viewed so poorly until this week when I started reading about it. The Rotten Tomatoes' score of 16% seems very low. Pretty low.
1: I'm pretty surprised about that, I'll be honest.
0: It's got a 5.7 on IMDb, but that's I just because... I thought
1: it was a 5.9 of- user. Yeah, it's high it's higher than a 19 or 16, 16 on rotten tomatoes yeah. is
2: it uh, too early to say i told you so uh, yeah okay okay <laughs> i'll wait go on
0: <laughs> this was the less than brave beginning of hollywood pictures run of paulie shore movies that seemed to not go away fast enough i say less than brave because they did not feature shore as the lead in this fi- in picture though he was obviously the star they were trying to create Hollywood Pictures, in and of itself, was less than Brave Venture, as it was the brainchild of then-Disney CEO Michael Eisner, who envisioned the label to be a fully-fledged studio in the cast of Touchstone Pictures. So I guess the plan was to segregate the Disney spectrum further to create a PG-13-only label. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It didn't really work.
1: No. 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 It's not your... Yeah.
0: It ended up becoming the Polyshore Shore label. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's much like what uh, uh, Sony tried to do with uh, Adam Sandler, but that worked to a degree. Yeah. But then they branched out and be like, hey, you know what? We'll do the same thing with David Spade. And that did not work. Uh,
0: this was the first feature film directed by <laughs> USC alum Les Mayfield. He would go on to direct the remakes of Miracle on 34th Street and Flubber, mm-hmm. as well as the original films, Blue Streak and The Man, which I think are both pretty underrated. I actually thought both of those movies were funny.
1: Hmm. Blue streak with uh, Martin Lawrence and uh, Tim Robbins. Dude, I can't. No, blue. Yeah, Martin Robbins, Tim Robbins, Tim is Robbins in isn't in
2: Blue Streak, is he? Yeah.
1: Oh well, then <laughs> I guess he gets an extra star.
2: What's <laughs> making
0: it have a total of one? Yeah, <laughs> I
2: was gonna say, don't run him too high, man. He did, have... flub- he did blubber. I
1: avoided that movie like the plague because it's Martin.
0: The studio would also take a chance on newcomer Brendan Fraser to play the lead of Link, or Linkovich Chomofsky. Apparently, Nick Cage and one Jim Carrey were in uh, discussions and under consideration for the role.
1: Yeah, I I, I think those are both strong casts, except for the dollar figure. But I guess Jim Carrey wouldn't have been that much dollar at that point.
0: Yeah, Nick Cage would have been the dollar figure at that point. Because at the exact same time that this comes out is like... He turns this down basically to do Ace Ventura.
1: Right, which was a good decision. Did good. Dis- maybe.
0: This is a really good
1: movie. I'm pretty sure that he made his career by <laughs> churning down Encino Man. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Not saying anything about the quality of Encino Man, but history has said that Jim Carrey is far more successful than Brendan Fraser, and the only time that they've come in contact with one another is Encino Man. One said no, the other one said yes. So, I have nothing but scientific evidence to back up my statement.
0: I thought they were in a movie together.
1: No. Huh.
0: Sean Austin and Robin Tunney will also appear in the film. Oh, Robin as Tunney. <laughs> well, as the screen debut of one Rose McGowan.
1: Hmm, interesting.
0: Michael DeLuise will play the villain of sorts, oddly, the same year in film that he would appear as Alan in Wayne's World.
1: Alan. Alan. Who's Alan in Wayne's World? One of the Michael bangers?
0: DeLuise. He's one of the three guys. Yeah. One of the he's not bangers. Phil?
1: He's not Phil. He's one of the other guys. Or two.
0: Terry. He's Alan. Yeah. There's Phil, Terry, and Alan. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Phil's gonna spew. Right. Terry has blonde hair. Uh-huh.
1: He's well, Alan. No, Terry's gonna tell you he loves you.
0: Terry is gonna tell you he loves you. Right. And then there's
1: Alan. Right. So he's the <laughs> other one. Alan <laughs> Alan's the only one that knows how it, to run any the I haven't equipment. seen
0: any of these movies in that like we haven't seen him in Probably 15 years right. and we
1: still know all of
0: those guys. <laughs> Wayne's World. Now that's a movie, Wayne's World. Same year as this one. Yeah. Great year in film. <laughs> I should also mention that the Super group Infectious Grooves make a performance appearance in the Ooh. film.
1: Who's in Infectious Grooves?
0: Infectious Grooves is Mike Muir and uh, the bass player from Suicidal Tendencies with the drummer from... Jane's Addiction and the guitarist from Extent. Uh, okay, it's mm. a. I mean, it's like close enough. They, it's a super group now, but when they were doing it, it was like, well, Jane's Addiction's kind of big.
1: Hey, Fred's garage is open. You guys want to go in there?
0: Yeah, kind of.
1: Let's jam.
0: Super, but they're good, and I like suicidal tendencies a lot. So that's that's cool. Everybody else significant should make a reappearance at some point. However, Paulie Shore may not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I don't hate Poly Shore as many people do. I think the weasel persona, although very annoying, is more of a symptom of what was working in comedy at the time. Persona or character comedy isn't really a thing anymore, but it was a big deal in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And he grew up around all those folks because his mother, Mitzi Shore, is the owner of the fabled comedy store. Sure. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah. He's also in Paulie Shore's defense as coming up as a stand-up comic doing Persona comedy. He did his routine at other clubs. He didn't do it in-house at the Comedy Store. He went out, made his own road.
1: Well, at that time, don't forget how popular burnout comedy was, I guess I would call it. Yeah. Uh, Beef is and Butthead, uh, Wayne's World again, uh, Bill and Ted's, uh, even uh, uh, Dave... Oh, charming, funny asshole that's always Dave skiing. No, you No, know? that's always skiing. Dave Chappelle. Skiing? <laughs> the guy from ski school. Dave. Oh.
0: The guy from ski school. The
1: guy from ski school and uh, man summer at school. work. And men at work, yeah. Damn it. But burnout comedy was a real big thing. Like, if you were like, Norm, yeah, man. Norm was not burnout comedy. No. Like, <laughs> burnout comedy is like. Early twenties, late teens, doing drugs or drinking a whole bunch and not having really a lot of opportunities in life ahead. That's burnout comedy. Oh. So I don't blame the idea behind Polly Shore, just blame the execution.
0: Well, I get what well, would you do it differently if you were just doing this character that was working in clubs? Then MTV says we're going to give you X amount of money and put you on TV, but you have to keep
1: doing this. If I'm Paulie Shore, absolutely fucking not. You're going to keep doing it. If I'm anybody wearing a tie and making decisions, you goddamn better believe I'm going to do something different.
0: Oh, well, they made $40 million on this cash cow. Yeah. So at that point, let's keep an eye out for what's the worst excuse they make for Link? Okay. Because they're constantly having to make excuses why he's not a caveman. Right. Also, what's your least favorite precarious situation? Mm. And lastly, this isn't really a picket for later, but keep an eye out for the only on-screen reunion of two of the cast members from the Goonies.
1: Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Oh, and a ball. Nope. No balls. No balls, there's Jackie. No, actually, there's, I think there's a beach ball. Oh, okay. But not a testes. <laughs> <And there, there laughs> How did is... you know that I wasn't
2: talking about a beach ball?
1: Because I know you and you're a psycho. Um, also, we should give a shout out to uh, listener Lee Dubay who suggested this. To us, after you talked incessantly about it, that she recently watched it and said that she fucking loved it and thought it was hilariously stupid.
2: Um, and in her defense, she sounds French.
0: She was also she's not. Uh, she kind of said you, we could run the gamut of any of the in the army now, and also I think Biodome. She but, said son-in-law as well. Son-in-law, yeah. Uh,
1: and even if she was France French, that doesn't mean she's wrong. So
2: oh, she's wrong.
1: All right, well, I'm just to- gonna say my little "I Told hey, You So" song and tell with- we're don't done any of the three fans that we have doing Yeah,
0: You he's just why don't you go work for the Trump administration? I can't with imagine your fries. why
1: nobody came and signed had you signed an autograph for them with all of your insults to people that listen to and enjoy my soothing dulcet voice.
2: I did, like Martini Shark
1: and you, Sam's beard. Did you
0: bring your <laughs> Hitler mustache to your autograph signing?
2: No. They wouldn't let me take it on the plane weird too much glue on it
0: <laughs> that was it they're like that's too much xanthan that
2: is, gum. That is <laughs> flammable that ma'am. fuck
0: with our instruments otherwise <laughs> you look great
2: <laughs> take off that beard madam um
0: i will say that i i'm not real worried i mean i've seen this movie so much that i know i like this movie uh i will say that it isn't as much funny as it is fun though
1: okay all right i'm nervous about it okay i'll be honest. Uh, I. I don't remember thinking this movie was awesome when I saw it when I was 13 years old. But that doesn't mean shit. I am an an adult wizard boy now. (laughs) Adult wizard man. Adult
0: wizard man, I have facial hair. (laughs) I am shaving. Look at me stand next to Michael Caine.
1: Uh, Great news. The movie is streaming on Netflix. You don't need to pay shit for it. So watch it. Come back to us on Monday. Let us rip it apart, and in the meantime, get to the chopper. Fans of Stinker Madness, iTunes thinks you don't like us. What? How is that possible? Well, it's because you haven't given us a review yet. Go to Stinker Madness on iTunes and take just a couple seconds to rate and review us there. While you're at it, hit up Stitcher.com as well. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at forward slash Stinker Madness and email us at talk at StinkerMadness.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and get to the chopper.